Welcome into 10 Minute Warning. I'm Ian. And I'm Harrison. And this is. Summer edition. Summer edition. It's pretty much the offseason. I mean. Yeah, football's over. The season is technically over, but we're still talking a lot of football today. But coming up every week that we can get to it through the entire offseason. Yeah. Every week. We're going to try to do 10 Minute Warning, but we're going to be doing, doing it a little bit differently. So obviously. We can't do the 10-minute warning. We're still kind of working on how to keep our name gimmicky. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but for right now, that's on the back burner. The podcast won't change names, obviously. But what we're going to do is we're going to have different guests on as often as we can. Whenever we can find a guest, we're going to have one on. Mm-hmm. And we're going to let the guests talk about what they want to talk about. Now, the interesting thing about this is some of our guests will have a lot of football knowledge. And some, some understand it. And some none at all, which I'm looking forward most to because it'll be interesting to see how they pick their teams or their reasoning. Well, it's one of those things that we want to try to avoid because I've already brought an example. I've brought a recent example, but uh, Sports Center already tweeting out things like, oh, who's the best quarter? Is Tom Brady the best of all time? If you could take Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, who would it be? All these fictional clickbait questions that you're going to get from all the big guys, we don't want to do that. No. Uh, you you can have those conversations in a bar like God intended. The reason we originally started 10-Minute Warning was to talk about the drama that most news stations wouldn't talk about. To get into stuff that you couldn't hear on yep. ESPN, ESPN2, not even ESPNU. And that thrives for some reason during the off season because people aren't being controlled by their teams as much. I mean, freedom. They have freedom. freedom. They have freedom, and a lot of times when you have money and freedom, it doesn't pair well. So now that we are actually outside of the season, we're really hoping to dive into some of the really juicy off season stories and some of our guests, male, female, whoever, mm-hmm. usually can weigh in pretty well. On the off-season stories. So we're looking at you, NFL players. Start ruining your lives. Please, hurry up. Yes, we need it. Piss important people off. Yes. It'll be very juicy. Now, before we get to the off-season, let's break down... Was there a game last Sunday? Something called, like, the big game. I don't think we're allowed to say the name. Oh, yeah, we're not? Yeah, there's some, like, licensing for it, so... I'd like to see him come after me, but... Okay. During the, uh... (laughs) That would be our luck. Take everything I have. Uh, the big game happened on Sunday, and a lot of people were – I mean, would you say people were disappointed? Yeah, I think anytime a game is kind of lopsided and isn't what was expected, because I think a lot more people had the Chiefs than the Bucks. It, yeah. it brings about disappointment. They're allowed to be wrong. I think it's a good time to point out that me and Harrison both took the Bucks. So we did. If you, if you listen to us, you might have actually made some money if mm-hmm. you legally – bet on the game yeah i mean we were right i'll take that yeah and i will not confirm or deny that we made a little money we did so anyways let's get to our main topic now when we first got monday when we first got into the office monday we both had to work it was very sad we got into the office and everybody is talking about the chief's offensive line boo yeah the chief's offensive line okay it wasn't very good But all of these people that we had talked to that week, the week before the Super Bowl, who had all picked the Chiefs, knew about the offensive line, and then just kept saying to us, well, you know, if the offensive line had been better, they would have been, like, the Chiefs would have won. Okay, 
So let's just do hypotheticals. Uh, cue Herm Edwards. That's why we play the game. Yep. <laughs> but um, And this wasn't a surprise for anyone. No, well, it everyone's happen, acting surprised. They're acting surprised, but it did not. It wasn't a game decision. No, it was to not a game. Your left tackle and your right tackle. Yeah, like Eric Fisher was hurt in the last game. They had two weeks to try to figure it out. I, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. It's not a lot of time. For instance, Patrick Mahomes, right here, PFF was under pressure fifty-five percent of his dropbacks in the Super Bowl. That's the highest of his career. Okay, that doesn't sound very good. No, highest of his career, right? Then you go to this. We got a lot of PFF stats. Shout out to PFF today. Then you got this stat right here. Most pressures in a single Super Bowl since 2008. It's two players. Got any guesses? Most pressures. Since 2008. It's from the last two years. It's from the last two years, so that would be... Hmm. Wouldn't be last year. Would it be last year? Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, no, they're both. That's why I just said they're from the last two years. They're both okay. against Mahomes. The most, no, these are the oh, players putting the pressure on Mahomes. Oh, guessing who put the pressure. Who put the pressure? The defender. Oh, I have no idea. Shaq Barrett is number two with 11 pressures this year. This year. Versus the Chiefs. Nick Bosa with 12. Really? So Nick Bosa, who he faced last year and beat, the mm-hmm. Chiefs did, was actually getting a little bit more pressure throughout the year. Now, that's not about the game. Oh, wait, no, this is most pressure. game. Hold on, it is. Put the graphic back up. Boop. Most pressures in a single Super Bowl since 2008. So Nick Bosa actually gave Patrick Mahomes more of a fit. And yet Patrick Mahomes was still able to win. Another PFF stat to back that up right here. Boom. Mahomes' average time to throw weeks one through the conference championship. So that's the week one of this season mm-hmm. through the, the game right before the Super Bowl. He had 2.86 seconds to throw. In the Super Bowl, he had 3.51 seconds. As far as being a quarterback, that's a lot more time. And just like you saw at the beginning of this video or the beginning of this podcast, depending how we translate that video for the podcast, Mm -hmm. but we showed, for you audio listeners, I'll tell you, we did the TikTok video. You can find it on ESPN. A lot of people are retweeting it. It's a TikTok about how Patrick Mahomes was constantly being mauled, yet getting the ball off and his receivers wouldn't catch it. Yeah. They would not catch it. So that resulted in this stat right here from NFL on CBS. Rex Grossman has a higher passer rating in the Super Bowl than Patrick Mahomes. <sighs> Rex Grossman, 68.3, Mahomes, 64.2. Now, I'm not saying that. I know you guys are thinking, okay, he's the Broncos fan. Peyton Manning's on the table. We get it. I'm, I left that game more impressed with Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah. As a quarterback for sure. Uh it's the passer rating is something that people are going to use. It's kind of a decoy like, "Oh, this guy was the greatest. Everyone loves him. Now he has fallen, so let's make him feel bad about it." Right? I mean, right. that's what people do. Sports are kind of cruel that way. This is my problem right here. Boom, PFF leaders in drops this season. Deontay Johnson 15, Tyreek Hill 13. Wow. So Tyreek Hill is he's not been doing it this He's season. not doing it. And if Tyreek Hill, their best wide receiver, isn't catching the ball, no one else is probably. Michael Hardman isn't. Sammy yeah. Watkins only plays three games a year because he's always on I mean, I assume Sammy Watkins has to use some sort of handicap radar bus to get to the facility <laughs> because he's always injured. Yeah. Just wheel him in and don't they they they're basically like Sammy, just 
be ready for the Super Bowl. I like how Sammy, before the Super Bowl, was like, yeah, I'd like to come back next year and win my third ring with the Chiefs. <laughs> Awkward. It's not going to happen next year. It's, it's not. And we have a couple more stats just to draw out this Chiefs argument. But most pressures this season, right here from PFF, boom, Aaron Donald. 105, who's number two? Shaq Barrett. Yep. Shaq Barrett, who probably would have had a chance at MVP if Tom Brady hadn't thrown so many touchdowns at the age of 43. 43. Yeah. So then, um, I mean, we could go on and on with the stats, but long story short, it's like, it's just that Mahomes looked like Texas Tech Mahomes. Yes. If you watched him at Texas Tech, that's what he looked like. He didn't have anyone to throw to, and he was running for his life the whole time. Yeah, I think the the offensive line argument doesn't hold up because they lost 31-9. to nine. Right. I think the offensive line would have obviously helped, and it could have been a much closer game. But the ultimate factor that the Chiefs lost this game is they never ran the damn ball. No, they never ran it well. And they always put Patrick Mahomes in this, I have to come back. Wait, like One thing I heard is that Patrick Mahomes agreed that he was always trying for the big play in this game. Yeah, he left a lot of plays on the table. He left a lot of like dink and dunk plays that could have kept moving the ball, trying to find that big play. And it was never there because the, the Bucks had a plan for the Chiefs offense, doubling Tyreek Hill, and knowing that the other receivers just aren't as good as Tyreek Hill. Yep, and we'll be talking about one of the coaches, one of the position or one of the coordinator coaches from that game here in a minute for a topic we're going to do. But to just go off on what Harrison was saying, which I completely agree with. I mean, we have no disagreement here, but all the calls for Casey, they had a I mean, the sacks in the game were 3 total. Mm-hmm. 3 players recorded sacks against the Chiefs. 1.5, 1, and 0.5. Realistically, that's 2 sacks. <laughs> Where yeah. somebody helped, you know, and just got credit. Right. Okay? Mahomes got away, got the ball off every time. It's like, so let's go back to Super Bowl 50 because it's my favorite example for Super Bowls, and it's only five years old. It works really well for this. It doesn't. No, listen. <laughs> Peyton Manning was sacked five times in Super Bowl 50. Mm-hmm. Five times. That's a lot. Cam Newton was sacked six times. Did you hear anybody after that Super Bowl loss for Cam Newton? Did you hear anyone saying, well, if Cam Newton just had a line? Yeah. No one. No one defended Cam Newton. He had a line. He had a line. It's just the defensive line overpowered it, and he just couldn't hold on to the ball sometimes when he needed to just take a sack. But, you know, we're not here to gang up on Cam Newton. No. Whoever did his last surgery did that for him. Yeah. But (laughs) I'm just saying Eric Fisher was gone. Everyone, you know – Okay, so then somebody asked me, how do you expect Patrick Mahomes to make plays with that line? Who's the highest paid player in the league, Harrison? Patrick Mahomes. Who makes more money than any other quarterback right now could dream of? Um, I believe that would be Patrick Mahomes. So that's probably the guy you expect to make the plays. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's so well paid. We have a friend, a mutual friend. I won't put her name on here, but she was watching the Super Bowl with us, and it was literally the first football game she's watched all year. Mm-hmm. All year. Now, she does. She used to watch football. She just hasn't been watching it this year. Pandemic, busy, whatever. Not what we're talking about. But I was telling her about some of these offensive line arguments, and even she said, 
Are you kidding me? He got the ball off almost every time. Those guys wouldn't catch it. Yeah. So it constantly was just hitting him right in the face mask. The face. I mean, that one where he's literally on the ground and throws it and it hits the corner of the end zone. And that guy had a chance to make the play in the end zone. Like that. That looks like Elway. Yeah. Like that's how good it looked. Patrick Mahomes in this game proved to me that he probably is the most exciting, if not best player in the league and is deserving of that money. You want to know what I think could happen to the Chiefs long term? This is a this is kind of a hot take. When Travis Kelsey declines or retires, I don't know which will happen first. Because mm-hmm. he looks good. Yeah. But when Travis Kelsey is not there, I could see the Chiefs canning Andy Reid. Because if Mahomes isn't doing enough in their eyes, like if it looks like he's, if he has too many games like that Super Bowl Mm -hmm. where he is making so much time and no one catches it, eventually they're going to say, well, we need a better system because this guy can make all the throws. Uh, They sure as hell need a new wide receivers coach. Yeah. I mean, practice catching all offseason, Chiefs. I mean, come on. And that's coming from a Broncos fan. Go and draft a wide receiver. There's plenty of them this year. We saw so many balls dropped for the Broncos, and I was just, like, blown away. Could you imagine the Chiefs with a guy like Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith? No, and I don't want to. I would like not to. That's what they need, someone who can catch the ball. Hopefully none of them are available at 32. (laughs) If Jalen Waddell or Devontae Smith are available at 32. Something went wrong. Yeah, the mock drafts I'm seeing are all wrong. Yeah. They don't have a make them out. It's not going to happen. They don't have those players falling out of 15. But yeah. you never know. It's going to be really interesting as we look at the draft this year because we're going to be podcasting all the way through it, and there's going to be so much less to look at because no private, like, private workouts, like quarterback games, like combine, like everything's virtual. That's why we're hoping for people getting in trouble. Come on, trouble. trouble. So I want to switch to, first let's give props to the man that held Patrick Mahomes without a touchdown, Todd Bowles. Yes. Everyone wanted to talk about Eric Bieniemy, Leslie Frazier being as the minority coaches that were coordinators that were passed over. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to talk about Todd Bowles. And I'm not jumping on a Todd Bowles bandwagon like he needs to be hired next year. But somebody brought up the question, and I think it's a fair question. Should teams be allowed to hire a head coach before the season ends? Should teams have to wait till the Super Bowl's over? No. I see, I think they should. I think it's a just like with any business, there's prospects out there and it's first come first serve. Right, but and it's on a it's it's harder to see that when there's only like 40 or 50 something prospects right for 30 teams i agree but i didn't say they should stop looking or can't interview i just don't think they should be able to hire till the season's over and this is why i mean did todd bowles get any looks after he had that super bowl against patrick mahomes Mm mm-hmm if there were still openings, say the Texans couldn't find anybody. Oh, yeah. He would have been hired. Bingo. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that if they pushed it all to after the Super Bowl, you wouldn't have this, oh, well, why are these two teams not hiring a coach because they're waiting on somebody in the championship round or in the divisional round or in the Super Bowl? Well, I don't think it hurt 
Todd Bowles that he had a coach in the Super Bowl. I think it hurt Todd Bowles is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only came on in the second half of the season. Yeah. And so he had some young players. There was already a bunch of coaches out there that were getting hired or getting looked at and had the chance to show themselves off. Todd Bowles never had a chance to show himself off. I agree. And I'm so just that's saying, why it's going to translate into next year. But I mean, hope. Well, yeah, but I, I, I have heard rumors they might be looking at a rule change for this to push this. And I, I was against it until the Super Bowl. Like I was with you. I thought, okay, first come, first serve. Your team sucks. They're not in the playoffs. They fire their coach. They should get a chance to get their coach in as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Get things moving. Do you think they should be allowed to fire coaches before the end of the year? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Because that was going to be my one argument. It's like there's plenty of teams that have gotten better because they fire their coach in that same year. Yeah. Like the Houston Texans won a couple games after they fired. The firing I see is a business decision. You have 16 games a year, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to make money on them as an owner or an organization. Green Bay doesn't have an owner. But while everyone's doing that, so if you have to fire somebody to make your team profitable, the NFL shouldn't have a right to stop you. Right. But I think the NFL could say that, hey, it's like it just feels like the coaches that make the Super Bowl, and I agree, Todd Bowles increased his stock twofold, yes. threefold. But I'm just saying that if it started Monday, Todd Bowles might have gotten a shot, mm-hmm. probably deservedly. Yes, and then other people would be like. Eric Bieniemy didn't get a job, but they'll be like, okay, wait a minute. So Bieniemy's this offensive guru, but against the Bucks, he couldn't put up a touchdown with Patrick Mahomes. Right. None of his receivers are catching. So, see what I'm saying? I just think that we shouldn't punish coordinators for being on good teams. I don't think there's a right and wrong answer to this question. Like, no. It can go either way, and still it'll work perfectly fine for the NFL. I, I do see your point where it's like, okay, certain coaches would get a shot mm-hmm. if you waited to after the season. But then you could also have that same argument. Certain coaches won't get a shot if you wait till after the season. That's true. So now let's transition to the coach from the Super Bowl, the coach from the Super Bowl, Bruce Arians. Yes. He's now the oldest coach to win a Super Bowl. That's impressive. With, I, it doesn't really matter to me. With the oldest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That's the impressive part. And it's not the first time Bruce Arians has opted for age. Okay. He left Andrew Luck in the Colts. He got the job in the Cardinals. Who did he bring in? Carson Palmer. Yeah. Carson Palmer was a long time removed from his time being great with the Bengals and from his time being mediocre with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And after his time with the Raiders, I could see a lot of people saying, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go get that old USC quarterback. I'm not gonna put him on my team." But what did what did Arians do? He took him. He knew. He knew Carson Palmer can play. He knew Tom Brady is a winner and he can play. Yeah. And props to Bruce Arians for trusting old quarterbacks several times when no one else is. Everyone else is trying to get that rookie quarterback deal. He's like, give me give me Tom Brady, whatever he wants, and we're going to try to go to a Super Bowl. And it worked. Could this have been Bruce Arians' last shot? Yeah. If, uh, if he if they, failed with Tom Brady. Well, okay. If who takes him? Not this year. I mean, if if he had, fe- yeah, if, not this year, but, but just like this period, in his yeah. time period with Tom Brady. If he yeah. could have won a Super Bowl, if he couldn't have looked at least decent, who would ever want him again? Exactly. Well, because Bruce Arians, 
you know, he at least to his credit retired on his own, mm-hmm. wasn't fired. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he retired. He did a year in the booth. He was frankly terrible at it. Um, and then all of a sudden, the opportunity to coach again comes up. And you know what I think will honestly happen? What? If Bruce Arians can get anywhere close to this amount of success next year with Tom Brady, even if Tom Brady leaves after that year, Todd Bowles is probably going to be the internal promotion candidate or Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Byron Leftwich has really served his time as the OC for Bruce Arians. And Tom Brady loves him. Loves him. And, I mean, you know, people around the league love FX players. They yeah. love them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's great that – um. So, are you saying you think Bruce Arians, once Tom Brady retires, might go out with him? Bingo. He has the same success? Bingo. Yeah. I say when Tom Brady's gone, Bruce Arians says, I'm old. And I'm not here to I'm not here to like start a new yeah. team. I I can't do a rebuild. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. His wife would kill him. <laughs> he he's one of those he's one of those older guys that mentions his wife in a joking sense so much that you realize I don't think he's joking. I think he's afraid of her a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she probably messes some stuff up for him. But it's just interesting that Bruce Arians in age one, when everyone is pining over Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Herbert. Mm-hmm. All the young guns. And we said this going into the Super Bowl. It was the old guard versus the new guard. And honestly, the old guard ain't done yet. No. I mean, ugh, you want to talk about how great Tom Brady is? Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> I love talking about Tom Brady now. I used to hate it. I used to hate it too. But it's like after he lost for 10 years. Yeah. And it was like, okay, whatever. You don't expect anything of him. And then he started winning. And he won regularly. And it became exciting. The weirdest thing about Tom Brady in Super Bowls, do you know the three things in common with his losses? They're all from the NFC East. Isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all NFC East. Two Giants and the Eagles. Yep. The dumpster fire division that can't win and barely gets to the playoffs, but when they are hot, apparently... They can beat Tom Brady. Yeah, apparently they are hot. All right, let's give you this one. Even with a backup quarterback. True or false? Okay. The Bucks are the first team with four 30-point games in a postseason. Four 30-point games. I'm trying to think about the Eagles. But I don't think they... 30's a lot of points. 30's a lot of points. I'm going to say true. They indeed are. They indeed are 30-plus points. Then let's go to... Uh, not that one, not that one, not that one. I got a couple of these, and I choose which ones I'm going to throw at Harrison. <laughs> the Buccaneers are the first team to beat three Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks in a single postseason. Can you name them? Can I name the three quarterbacks? Three quarterbacks. Three Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks. Super Bowl MVP, one would be Aaron Rodgers. One would be Drew Brees. And one would be Patrick Mahomes. That's a sweep. Yep. This is easy. I should have done these trivia questions for you all along, huh? Yeah. I got one more for you. Okay. True or false, Tom Brady is the first player in NFL history with 50 passing touchdowns in a season, including playoffs, for a Super Bowl champion. False. That would have been Peyton Manning. Didn't he have- they lost. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. They didn't win. Uh, He's the first. Uh, He's the first one to put up that many touchdowns get and win. mixed up. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me sure too. Do. I do it on purpose. Yeah. With bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I would like to point out to Chiefs fans, I feel your pain. You guys only put up nine points in the big game when the Broncos got destroyed by the Seahawks. We only put up eight. Welcome to the AFC West losing Super Bowls. If Mahomes is really going to draw John Elway comparisons with how he throws, Mm -hmm. get ready for a rough couple decades. Because he lost a lot of Super Bowls before he won any. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the Chiefs are fine. Yeah, I I don't think it's any time to panic. No. I think it's just what happened was the Chiefs fell asleep. Yeah. That's what happened. The Chiefs, they you could tell. I thought Tyron Matthew. We talked about this during the game. The Tyron Matthew penalties as that progressed started to be like a no crap moment. It started to be like like the first two penalties. He's kind of laughing at the refs because like. Usually, refs really let them play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. These refs, I know they're catching a lot of flack, but I think they were consistent. They were consistently a little bit tougher than Super Bowl audiences are used to them being. Um, good or bad. I don't I don't agree with them being that tough. Yeah. And they weren't even super strict, but I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I think it's fair that they kept it throughout. Mm-hmm. But you can tell Tyron Matthew gets his first flag. He's laughing. Second penalty. Things go on. He's not laughing anymore. No. He realizes that we have underestimated Tom Brady. I think that was the big factors. They did not prepare for this game like they should have. They they didn't look like a team that was ready for the Super Bowl. They didn't look mm -hmm. like a team that was ready to take on a guy who had won six championships. Like you're saying, they were not prepared. They were definitely, at least the Chiefs defense thought, we've got this in the bag. We're about to repeat. You've got to get your team mentally ready and I don't know if Patrick Mahomes did or did not do this. So I'm not going to knock him for it, but it's a lesson he should take from Tom Brady. Tom Brady message texting every single teammate at 11 p.m. the day before the game, the night before the game, saying, we will, in all caps, win. It wasn't just the night before. It was that whole week. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole mantra. It's a whole thing. We talk about this all the time. LeBron James, Tom Brady. The, the difference between good and great is sometimes mental. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady can tap into it and get it going. Gronkowski, two, two tutties. Two tutties. Antonio Brown. One tutty. One tutty. Yeah. All three of Tom Brady's touchdowns in the first half, not a single one came from a Buccaneer that was on the roster before he got there. Nope, he brought everyone. He brought them there. You know why? Because everybody wants to play with Tom Brady. And probably after your 10th Super Bowl, you realize you need a guy you can trust to catch the ball. Yeah. Godwin missed one. Mike Evans was, you know, he missed a couple, but he was mostly covered up. Um, it's just the regular Bucks weapons weren't enough for the Super Bowl. They would not have won without Antonio Brown and Gronk. No. Definitely not without Gronk. No. Gronk was still the second best tight end in that game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just Gronk alone won on the Super Bowl. I mean, just, uh Gronk should be MVP. He probably should have, but yeah. at the same time, he's not 43. He's only 31. He's not Tom Brady. It's ironic that Tom Brady's 43 and never retired, and Gronk's 31 coming out of retirement. Tom Brady will never – I'll go ahead and make this bet. Tom Brady will never win a Super Bowl again and not be MVP. That's fair. Yeah. There's I'll, no point to not make him MVP, unless for some reason he's a backup quarterback. He's like so much older than any quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. So if he does if he does it anymore, it's just more impressive. It's more impressive, yeah. It's crazy. And like we I hated Tom Brady for so long. Yeah. But it's like you got to give the man props. He went to a team everyone said for his whole career, including me, system quarterback, right? 
system quarterback. And we had this argument. We had this argument. I have to take it back now. I said if he wins one with another team, I'll take it back. So I will yeah. do it on air. Harrison, you were right. He's not a system quarterback. Thank you. Why'd you shake my hand? There's a pandemic. And <laughs> oh, I don't know. You reached your hand out. <laughs> it was a trap. Uh, but, I mean, like, I don't want to overstate this, but he went to a team he was never on. With no offseason. No offseason. Police are chasing him out of the park during practice. Like, he's trying to get to know his teammates. Yeah. From week, after week nine, from week ten on, Tom Brady averaged three touchdowns a game. At 43, on a new team, and, yeah, okay, he got the home field advantage for the Super Bowl, but to be fair, 55 times we've played a Super Bowl. Every year there's been a team with that opportunity. Right? Every year. He's the only one that did it. They're the only team that made it, that got to host the Super Bowl, and they're the only team that then won it. Was that unfair? No. No, not at all. No. I mean, the odds of you being able to plan your roster to peak the year you host the Super Bowl are astronomical. Nobody who actually watches football or, like, coaches football has the time to crunch those numbers. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think – Tom Brady – hold on, pause. I lost my thought. Say your thought again. Um, Summary. I don't know what I was talking about. Yeah. I think we're starting to ramble. I know. That's why I'm glad you paused it because I was looking for something else to talk about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can just end it. Well, I got I got one more thing to throw up. Um, I got one more image to throw up that will kind of throw you off. But Okay. We don't have to throw it up. We can just talk about it. But. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, there's one member of the team we need to talk about who was on the Chiefs last year and now has two Super Bowl rings with zero snaps in either game. I think I know who you're talking about. Shady McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. You forgot about him. While Frank Gore is coming from the dead and Adrian Peterson refuses to die and they're rushing for their spot on the rushing list. LaShawn McCoy low-key just joining teams that could win Super Bowls. There was a lot of talk that he might go to the Eagles this offseason, return home, retire with them. Yeah. Sorry, Eagles fans. He's, he wanted the ring. He had the chance to go play with Tom Brady. And he's gotten two now. If I'm LaShawn McCoy, I'm going to keep going to teams, do whatever the hell he's doing to get signed hell yeah. and be that third-string running back, whatever. He probably is making his money just off the incentives and his contracts, like make the playoffs, win a Super Bowl. Every player's got that. Let me blow your mind. Ready? Okay. You remember when Tom Brady was a four-time Super Bowl champion and that was Nuck and Futs? Yeah. Gronk is now a four-time Super Bowl champion, and he's a seven-time champion. That's yeah. how much winning has been happening. It's crazy. I saw an image earlier, and uh, I don't have it here, but somebody made a very good point. They said you could take one decade of Tom Brady's career and he's an MVP. Like mm-hmm. He's a Hall of Famer with just a single decade. Because at the age of 40, he has, like, two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls. He has two in his 30s. He had three in his 20s. MVPs. Like, yeah. Tom Brady is so well decorated. No, let me blow your mind. Go ahead. That's probably not going to blow your mind. But Tom Brady. <laughs> Too late. It's been sold already. Tom Brady, had he lost that Super Bowl and the Seahawks won it? Yeah. The second one? Mm-hmm. I think that would have been the downfall of the Patriots. Oh, you think that would have been it for him? Yeah. 
Like I losing mean, they could have been like, all right, let's maybe move on. He's getting old. Well, that would have been not winning Super Bowls anymore. That's three in a row. Would that have been three or four in a row? Three in a row. Because it's before the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So then, with that, if if what you're so with this revised history, we're going back. They lose to the Seahawks. The Seahawks repeat. Mm-hmm. Maybe Marshawn Lynch don't step away. The Seahawks keep being good because they don't lose their team chemistry. Yeah, maybe that the Super Bowl ruined. Right, and they don't. Um, and then Tom Brady would have had four Super Bowl losses in a row. Three. Well, I, I'm I'm still assuming he would lose to Eagles later if he was still there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but I'm saying he wouldn't even still been there. You think you would just they would have gotten rid of him there? Maybe not there, but the next year when they didn't go to the Super Bowl again, that would have been great because he probably would have been a Bronco with that timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning would have never made it then. Yeah, because I mean Peyton Manning was already retired by the time that happened. The next year. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, oh that oh This was the year before the Panthers Broncos. Oh, this is Super Bowl forty nine. Yeah. Seahawks. Right, because they yeah, because they beat the Broncos in forty eight. Oh, in that case that sucks then because we wouldn't have taken Tom Brady with one more year of Peyton Manning. No. They wouldn't have got rid of Peyton Manning, and I would have been very mad if they did. Yeah. I would have been very mad. So do we have anything else to talk about? I think that's it. It's the off season. It the episodes aren't going to be as long, or they might, but they, they might, might be about yeah. they might be about something different. Yeah, we're going to try to do a good job of letting you guys know exactly what we're talking about each week before you try to commit to it. We know sometimes we might be talking about stuff you don't want to talk to, talk about, listen about. Yeah, great words I'm doing. But let us know if uh, also if you have something you want us to give our opinion on. Yeah, we they- are open to that. Absolutely, because we're trying to book up the calendar with off-season guests. But if there's something you think that we should be talking about, we will. We're not going to be ignoring football. Free agency comes up in a month. Free agency, then the draft. The draft after that, all virtual. Yeah, and then it's... Then it's peak NFL players screwing up season. Peak NFL screwing up season, and then it's who we think is going to win the division, and then it's time for preseason. Bada-bing, bada-boom. So, there's a lot of football to talk. Nothing better than the old classic of... Predicting divisions. Yeah. You want to go back and listen and see if we were right this year? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I do, because I know I was right in most of them. Really? Yeah, I had the Bills winning. I had hmm. the Bucks winning. The Bucks didn't win their division. Oh, yeah, that's right. They won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl. Damn it. I was wrong on that one. <laughs> Drew Brees still won that. Uh, unfortunately, he lost the one game that mattered. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's retiring. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, uh, where did the Broncos finish? Were they last? Broncos were second to last, I think. They beat the Chargers. We're all, we're, yeah. Broncos never get last. Yeah. They might have gotten last this year, though. I don't I know. I think they got last last year. No. Or no. The no, Chargers the Chargers had to draft Herbert. They had to be bad enough to get there. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, so if there's any topics you guys think we should tackle next week, next week, we've already got our topic for next week set up. We're going to be talking to, a custom fabrication artist in our area. Mm-hmm. His name is Tay Whiteside. He's very tall. We don't know where we're going to fit him. Yeah, this basement is only like seven feet tall. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, when you see him, you're going to notice he's tall. Um, if you're on audio and you want to check him out, he's easy to find because he was on Salvage Dogs on the DIY network for the entire run of the show. He's a fabricator. He was on Salvage Dogs. And now he has his own thing. Uh, Lift Arc Studios, which has a YouTube page, and he'll do fabrication videos. So maybe Tay will have us on for something. Yeah, we're gonna oh. throw, we're gonna talk to him about a couple of things and see, uh, 
see if he could help us make some football stuff at home. Yes. Yes. Which we are very excited about, if he can. Obviously, looking at both of us, you can tell arts and crafts is not our thing. No, I never could paint. Finger paint. I could finger paint. Oh, I thought those were cave drawings at my house. I thought my house was just really old. That was you? You bought them? <laughs> bought them? I, no, I'm talking about the finger paints in my bathroom. Oh, oh. oh okay. I thought that was a cave person. Gotcha. Back when my apartment was first built. Yeah. Because it's kind of old. Yeah. You get it? I get it. You get it? I get it. What a great joke. All right, I'm Ian. I'm Harrison. And we're out.